Hi, I'm Cameron, and I don't just read comics, I love them. Welcome back to another episode of Cameron Reads Comics. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking about The Batman, Rise and Fall of the Batman Omnibus by James Sinian IV. So, let's just hop right into it. First and foremost, um, this, this omnibus collects the DC Rebirth uh, Detective Comics run, which from an accessibility perspective, is a Bat family book. This is going on simultaneously with the Tom King Batman run. So this is, you know, what what the two core Batman books you can always find being released are going to be the self-titled Batman and then Detective Comics. This is just the second tier Bat book. So this is always going to be this series. Batman is the headliner, you know, of the ship. But Detective is always going to be subject to what's going on in Batman. So this book is definitely affected by the rebirth continuity and every, all the events that Tom King was doing at the time. So there's some, there's some setup for that. Um, This one I like a little bit. I like a lot because it's, it's very much affected by everything that was happening in the Batman universe at the time. Um, Throughout this entire run, you see Bruce Wayne, Batman, where the new 52, I guess, the 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 bat suit that was designed at the tail end of uh, Snyder and Capullo's Batman run with the purple and the yellow outliner on the bat we don't see that throughout even at least currently in the Batman books right now he's not wearing this suit he's wearing a completely different suit um, you know it it always goes back to you know the basic gray and black bat suit I found with or without the yellow circle um, so this one is very like okay it's taking those pieces and it's going with it it's the way that I think DC always kind of intended uh, events to affect one another. I wrote down the events that affect everything going on in this title. Um, that is mostly going to be Dan Jurgens' Action Comics run, which is to Superman what Detective Comics is for Batman. Um, so Mr. Oz makes an appearance in this book. Um, then James Tinian, this is not his first run on Batman. And obviously, so he did so well on this series that it, it went on to him writing the flagship Batman title, Go check out my video review on that if you want to see that. Um, but okay, so here's he was like writing. I, I the way I think about it, James Tynion the Fourth is a is a like the prodigy of Scott Snyder. They were working on so many bat books together. He was uh, like a lot of times like, and I hate to say a fill in writer, but he would come in and do arcs when Snyder and Capullo weren't on the run in the New Fifty Two, which was a handful of issues. But he also co wrote so. Batman, Batman Eternal, the 52-issue weekly series that went through in the new 52. Batman and Robin Eternal, the sequel series to the first one that's 26 issues. Um, He ends up writing Batwoman. Um, He writes some of that. So those, everything that Tinian runs, and you can kind of take, you know, you can understand how a writer is going to reference the characters they wrote, (laughs) you know, they created within their previous work on this character. So, a lot of the stuff that affects this is, um, you know, previous things that probably New Fifty Two. I think I'd say to read this, that's necessary reading, uh, at least for like a, a a deep understanding of what's going on and and character relationships. But uh, he's referring to a lot of his other Batman stuff. Catch Twenty Two is for you guys. I have not read uh, Batman Eternal, Batman Robin Eternal, Batwoman. I've only read the New Fifty Two. You know, I, uh, within continuity up to this point. So. That being the case, you guys can note as well, you know, I'm not, 
I didn't have too hard of a time reading this. The most important thing to understand going into this isn't even the New 52 Batman stuff. It is the peripheral character be, characters because, like I said, this is a Bat family book. This is the entire Batman team. They, they, I think this is, for my money, you know, and I'll double check, but this, for my money, the the initiation of the Gotham Knights that has now been picked up as a series. So we've seen it before. Okay, so... Now, let's talk about the characters, because there's a lot of characters in this book. We're, we're going to talk about who they are, where they've been, you know, if you've heard of them. So, obviously, number one, there's Batman. I'm not even going to talk about Batman. He, I'll talk about him from the narrative stuff. You, if you're watching the video, I, I don't believe this is going to be your first exposure to Batman. Anyways, uh, next up, we have Batwoman Kate Kane. Uh, she is Bruce's cousin, the Batwoman. Uh, really Great character has blown up in the last few years. Uh, love her. I think her first appearance is in uh, 52, the, se- the weekly series, the original 52. Um, go check that out. It's really good. Um, my favorite Robin, now not being Robin, known as Red Robin, Tim Drake. He is the third Robin after Jason Todd. Uh, and I put he's also the best Robin because that is true. That is actually a fact. Anyways, Next we have Spoiler, who is Stephanie Brown. She is Tim's girlfriend, significant other, on-again, off-again relationship, and she is a supervillain's daughter, the uh, Clue Master. That's part of her origin. Um, then you have Orphan, Cassandra Kane, who is the daughter of David Kane, who is a super spy, a part of Checkmate. He is kind of a big part of Ed Brubaker's Batman run back in the mid-2000s. So, And then there's a couple like cool ones. Uh, Clayface, Basil Carlo, who was a supervillain. There's multiple iterations of Clayface. There's Matt Hagen, there's Basil Carlo. There's, you know, I'd, honestly, there's there's at least five. And I'm getting that from like my, my many years I spent reading and rereading the DC uh, Comics Encyclopedia <laughs> printed copy. I love that book. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch of Clayfaces. So Basil Carlo, who I think... I'd say Basil Carlo and Matt Hagen, the ones I named, are the most famous ones. So he is the most surprising character in the story in so many ways. It, it, his whole arc, briefly, briefly, and, and I'll get more into it about his team dynamic stuff, but he is tackling his inner demons to see if he can be a hero within this story. And so it's like as shocking as it, as it is for me to tell you that Clayface is a part of the Gotham Knights, uh, the way that they make that work and make it an arc, and an ongoing arc uh, throughout the series was really, really great. Then we have Azrael. In this, in this run, like they kind of revamped his origin and stuff. Really, all you need to know is that he is a part of the Order of St. Dumas. He's kind of like a monk, uber-Catholic guy. Uh, in the 90s, he took over the Batman mantle and became Batman, and that was the whole Nightfall how he didn't become Batman anymore is what you need to be reading. And also, if you if you really actually want a great understanding of who he is, go check out uh, Batman Curse of the White Knight, uh, the sequel to Batman White Knight, all that Sean Gordon Murphy stuff. Really, really good. He is a part of this story. And then finally, we have Batwing, Luke Fox, son of Lucius Fox, the guy who is making Batman's gear. And uh, pretty much he makes the Batmobiles. He's who makes the, the gizmos for all intents and purposes. The first and main villain, I think, of this entire arc is actually Bruce's uncle. And it is Kate Kane, Batwoman's father, who is... So it's Bruce's uncle. It is on the Kane side. So fun fact, I don't know if you guys know this. I love this. Um, Jacob Kane, or... So obviously 
Batman is Bruce Wayne. Thomas Wayne is his father. Martha Kane is his mother. But the fun fact about the Kane thing is that Batman was originally created by Bob Kane and more specifically Bill Finger. But they reference, you know, they gave the the last name of you know his his mother to his uh, creator, which is amazing. So Jacob Kane is Bruce's mother's brother, aka like I said earlier, his uncle. Um, and it was Batwoman's father. He is a military general, and he pretty much is trying to. He's kind of very much a Thunderbolt Ross character. If you guys are wondering like how to compartmentalize how he fits into the narrative, he doesn't think Batman's necessary. He sees right through everything Bruce is trying to do. Uh, and so he hires an army called the Colony to try and take out the Gotham Knights. And uh, it's, it's, it's a great, it's actually like the opening arc of the series, and it is so freaking good. Um, I loved it. The next we have is uh, the Victim Syndicate. So these are... I don't think Jacob Kane is quite a new character. I haven't read enough Batwoman to be able to tell you that, but um, the Victim Syndicate is another new villain, at least to me. It's definitely their first appearance in this arc. They are uh, they are a group of superpowered people that are victims in accidents that have happened, like while Batman and his team are like fighting crime. So. One of them is named is Mudface, and Clayface was partially responsible for her. You know, she can't. She's a clay character, but she can't keep her form, and so she's kind of like a, you know, she can't retain her human form, which is the thing that's also happening with uh, Basil Carlo in this story. But um, she's a victim of his acts, and a lot that whole team, the Victim Syndicate, is made up of victims who are trying to now get rid of superheroes because their lives have been ruined, which is amazing. And I feel like that's something that should have been like, <laughs> we've seen it before, but I feel like that is something like an arc in comic books that is not uh, tackled enough. I just think that my, my number one thing always is like ramifications, ramifications. And so the, a, a, a villain dedicated to the ramifications of heroic acts being done. Amazing. I love that. I think one of the core things within this story that I love before I keep going within this arc is even with the character titles, if you know who those characters are, besides like, you know, the newer ones, Luke Fox, uh, uh, oh my gosh, uh, Batwoman, the new, the new characters. A lot of these are referencing the uh, 90s Batman run written by my all-time like favorite Batman writer, Chuck Dixon, who is just like heralded or uh, honestly, I don't think he gets enough credit, and I don't think I don't know why DC is not like republishing everything he did in omnibus format because he was the first person to give us a Nightwing solo series, ongoing solo series, first Robin series. He wrote the best Batgirl origin that they are currently turning into a movie. You know, he he literally just revamped the entire institution of Batman, and he and he invented all these other new characters. I I don't want to give him sole credit for every character that is. A, a Gotham Knight because I just don't know, but for my money and what and my 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 recollection, he he brought spoiler into the Bat Family. <laughs> he brought um, uh, Cassandra Kane in like the mid two thousands No Man's Land era for Batman. Um, Azrael that Azrael is actually Dennis O'Neill and Joe Casada, but the entire Nightfall arc I will give all credit to Chuck Dixon, and so this is one of my favorite Batman titles that came out in the, I, I like this more than I like the, the, the Batman 
title because number one, it is a team based in Gotham. They are, um, they're just grounded in Gotham and it also like focuses on all of Batman's peripheral characters. As I keep reading more and more Batman because there's infinity Batman titles coming out, I realize that like I am just so much more, I think Batman's very cool, but I think his peripheral supporting characters are my favorite parts of the story. As I get older, I'm like, Alfred's my favorite, Commissioner Gordon's my favorite, and then like, you know, this book taking the time to focus on all of the, all of the members and like validating all of their existence in Batman's continuity, I adore. And so I just want to give a lot of attention and credit to that because that's what I want to see in my comics, you know? And and they can't like, even currently, well, it's a miniseries, but even currently, like there's no Batman and Robin ongoing title, which feels wrong. You know, there's a Batman, there is a Robin and Batman miniseries that's only like four issues, and I think it's actually done now, but um, I'll read and review that later. But, uh, you know, there's, there's, I feel like there's just a lack. Damien has his own solo book, Batman doesn't, like, but this book, just seeing the entire team work together, a Bat family, uh, and everyone got their own moments, it was just really, really, really freaking good. And so, that, suffice to say, I loved this because it just, like, it takes place in the universe. You know what I mean? It, it recognizes everything that's going on in the DC universe, but it's also just like grounded like Batman and Gotham kind of stories, you know, that that's what I love. And it's always for me, at least too. while everyone's paying attention to the big bombastic ones, you know what I mean? Like, and I, and not say, I didn't, I didn't dislike Tom King's Batman run. Uh, that was going on simultaneously. But for this one, I just really, really, really enjoyed, uh, the idea, the idea of just Batman being in Gotham, and it was also just like a fun read. All the all the great moments that the characters had, they were help, like taken care of. I just freaking loved it. So, going into the villains, there's some of these also just feel like true Batman rogues, and like it's just good snappy simple comics. So, um, next one up we have Lady Shiva, and that's and that's what brought on that whole rant is because oh my gosh, it's. James Tinian is just playing with toys that I have not seen the bat. Like one of the last time we saw Lady Shiva as a Batman villain. And I'm sorry if I'm not all caught up, but like in the main two titles, like I can tell you right now for at least the last, I'd say three years, I haven't seen Lady Shiva in the Batman comics. And like, I want to, cause he's a ninja and she's a ninja and she will like, she's literally such a threat to him. And so she's in it. There's an, there's a Ra's al Ghul, great Ra's al Ghul arc. Who I think I'm, He's now becoming way more of a forefront Batman antagonist. Like I'd even put him top top five, top four maybe Batman villains. I got to think about my Batman villains, but uh, I loved I loved his involvement, her involvement. Uh, it was it, it in for a really quality arc too. Um, there's an anarchy arc, which is one of the ninetyest <laughs> DC villains, and th- they did a great arc with with. Uh, him and spoiler kind of coming together and like really reanalyzing anarchy as a villain. It is very, uh, it's a political commentary and how, how you are balancing that. And these day, this day and age is a very complicated thing, but the way that they reframe anarchy, the concept, uh, I thought was very interesting. And so the way that this book did that was really well. It was just like really good, good old fashioned fun comics, which my favorite thing. We also had two two more, and again, like it's it's just I felt like the series branched out into the larger DC universe. Um, Clayface, obviously hero, becoming a villain. 
almost a two-faced kind of uh, arc where it's like he's battling his inner demons and his evil side comes out and he's also really good and da 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 It's really interesting. Um, Tim Drake. Uh, so if you've ever read Jeff Johns' Teen Titans run, it's getting reprinted and you should pick up the omnibus. It's that good. Uh, his Teen Titans run, Tim Drake comes there's a future Teen Titans where they grow up and become the heroes and Tim becomes Batman and that future Tim that is evil that they fight comes back and fights the whole team. It's awesome. It is awesome. And like, I love that DC actually kind of keeps referring back to that like arc, which, you know, I read out of context, like, you know, five years ago and I was like, okay, like cool. Neato Teen Titans are doing Titan stuff, but to see that that's affecting this, I loved it. I loved it. Some major stuff, that happens, and this isn't, I'm not trying to be super spoilery, the death and return of Tim Drake within this, that, that's a major arc affecting every member of the team, um, making Clayface a hero. Very specifically, I want to talk about uh, my favorite part of the Clayface, and maybe one of my top three favorite parts about this entire volume. For those that don't know, Cassandra Kane is, uh, she's mute in the comics. And so very specifically and very awesomely on her Batgirl costume, she has, uh, cause she was Batgirl at one point. She has her mask tail, like, like gnarly stitched over all of her face, kind of like Batman beyond style, but you can't see her mouth open. Um, she's trying to learn English. She's been literally born to be a weapon, uh, you know, trained by her father to kill. She's, she doesn't want to kill. She's wants to do good. And Batman's like, good, but, she like gets an amazing relationship and friendship with Clayface, which is not something that should work, but it totally works. <laughs> like Clayface is, uh, he teaches her English through, uh, quoting Shakespeare to her. And if you don't know about Clayface, he was an actor and you know, he, he, he was aging. And so he was using this cream and that's kind of what made him Clayface. Uh, and so his, you know, he still wants to be an actor, but now he feels like he, he can't be anything. And so, uh, their relationship is one of my absolute, absolute favorites. And then like, she like literally can't say anything. And then she'll like the declare this like Shakespearean soliloquy. It's amazing. The interpersonal relationships. I think it was very well balanced. It's a tough thing to do the interpersonal within this arc. And so I thought that, uh, the way that this was handled, each, I, I thought each member had to had to get uh, their own spotlight, but I'd, I'd say what I read online from some of the critiques, they just say it's a Batman, a Batwoman, Tim Drake book. For me, I'm like, I love Tim Drake, so, you know, cool, neato. But, um, yeah, so, and then there's a lot of stuff with Stephanie that's really good. I, I thought it was really good. I feel like they gave it their time that it was due. For the art, Eddie Barrows is like my favorite artist on this book. I thought he was so freaking awesome. Like the style of this entire run was incredible. I think like when you think about the marketing and like the, the there's a lot of key details, even like the font they use to go, like go to location, location. I just thought it was pitch perfect. I thought the coloring on the series was amazing. I thought Eddie Barrow's art was so consistent and so good. Um, he has an Ivan Rice element to his art, but adds a little bit more mood and flash to Batman, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, it was just beautiful. The colors was amazing. And and if you liked this, go check out uh, Batman Urban Legends by Chip Zdarsky, because I realized he is the artist on that book, which is my favorite Jason Todd story. And then the the other artist, he, I'd say it was probably 60-40, so 60% Eddie Barrows, 40% Alvaro Martinez Bueno. 
okay, so this title is coming out bi-weekly, but these two artists were so amazing. And the, again, the first time I feel like I also just didn't know. Cause I was like, I was just jamming through this book. I read it in like a month, which is not, which is rare for me. I don't go through Omni's that fast. It probably takes me like a good hot minute and I get hot and cold about the whole thing. I couldn't tell their art apart. And what, but I think that's such a good thing, like personally, because I thought it was, they were both so consistent. I just thought that the art in this book is probably one of my favorite, most consistent uh, comic books on an art level. And like, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was amazing. And then I recently found out because I'm like, I want to be able to tell them part. How do I do this? Alvaro Martinez Bueno is now currently on a nice house on the lake written by James Tinian for DC Black Label. So if you want to go check out more of his art, go check it out because it is awesome. I think I'm like so surprised that these guys aren't blowing up more, but I'm so glad to see that uh, Eddie Barrows is still doing Batman. Um, okay. Now let's get to my rating. This has been a long review, but I really enjoyed this book. I didn't have, now I see it, my ratings wrong. I gave it, I wrote down 8.75. No, it's higher than that, especially after talking about it. I think I give this book... I'll give it a 9.5. I thought it was just such a great, consistent Batman arc. It was a fun book to read. Batman, people just want to ascribe so much more meaning to. But like, I think if if I was to come out with a modern Batman book, and this is kind of what I'm hoping Josh Williamson's Batman book is like, is something like this. I think it. I when I want to think about what Omnis I want to sell and what I want to keep, I think I'm going to keep this one because I thought it was really freaking good. Uh really recommend it. I, I'd say if you guys are looking for just like a good fun Batman book to go pick up, look no further than Batman, uh, rise and fall of the Batman. Uh, I really hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, and if you have read it or you have read any more James Tinian stuff, um, drop a comment, tell me your favorite bat family character, drop a comment. Let me know what's up. Make sure you to clobber those like and subscribe buttons. Remember I'm Cameron. I don't just read comics. I love them. See you next time.